Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to another episode of Tendy Talk. I am your host Joe, better known as Washed Up Goalie on social media. This week I chat with Essen Gallo of the Bay Area Hockey Repair Shop in San Jose, California. Like last week's podcast guest, Essen has an interesting story that includes him immigrating to the U.S. during his formative years. Essen and I talked while he was driving to Lake Tahoe, so you may hear some background music playing. At one point, I know I heard some Green Day. Our conversation was all over the place, which is why Essen said the title of the podcast should be Don't Mind the ADD. It's because of that ADD that our conversation went many different ways and, like last week, was a long one. I broke this conversation up into two parts, but unlike last week, I'll be releasing part two next week, not tomorrow. So buckle up and enjoy the first half of the episode with Essen. So, hey, thanks for joining me, Essen. Uh, you uh, you and I were messaging back and forth to get you on, and the, the fellow I was planning on having on this week is in the UK, and he's having hip surgery today. So he, he found out earlier this week oh, wow. it was happening. So uh, <laughs> thanks oh, for being able to that's, pinch hit. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, that sounds serious. It, it's, not, uh, it's not the hockey tutorial guy, is it? No, it's not him. It's, uh, oh, God, I, I got to look it up. I, I want to say his account is just UK goalie. Um, give me a quick second. I can find it. It's all good, man. It's all yeah, good. The UK goalie network. How was your sandwich? Oh, it was delicious. I was just getting ready to uh, make myself a peanut butter sandwich, and my wife was like, wait a minute. No, 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 no. Well, I, I got Jersey Mike's on the way for the family. So I said, okay, I'll, oh, I'll take it. I've had... I've had that a couple of times. It's good. Yeah, we, we just had one open up by the house, so it was kind of nice. They deliver. Nice. 
Nice, um, nice I, and easy. Remind me where you're located. I am in Hugo, Minnesota, just outside of the Twin Cities, northern nice. suburb. Yeah. I so. uh, dude, I might uh, I might get a chance to meet you if I end up going there next month for my birthday. Well, if you do, you'll have to let me know. We'll definitely have to get together for a uh, a drink. Yeah, or uh, some pond hockey. Yeah. I don't know if I don't know if the if there'll still be outdoor hockey like in March, but um, I have friends and family up there in uh, Wayzata and Mankato and then Burnsville. Basically, yep. yeah, like outside the Twin Cities. Yep, I I, I know uh, all those areas and heck it. It's one of those this year. We might still have ice. I don't know. Uh, I've got yeah. the brink in the backyard. We could always skate there. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's in fact, I, I need to flood the rink this afternoon. My, my son huh. and his buddy were out there skating yesterday. So that's awesome, man. You can hear me. Okay. Then. Yep. I can hear you okay. good. So um, I, I don't know if you've listened to uh, any of the episodes, but uh, uh, really yeah, I, I heard, yeah, I listened to the Kelly Rudy one and then the Ed Belfort one. Oh, great. So, those were so, uh, two very fun yeah. conversations I had. Uh, yeah, man, you got some pool, dude. I love it. <laughs> yeah, uh, Ke Kelly was fantastic. We, we had some beers together. And then uh, Eddie, the, I think it was a few days after we recorded, I, I got the whiskey in the, in the mail from him. So that, that was great, too. I, uh, if you let me, I do have a story with those guys yeah the, the, share it the, yeah when, when when we start recording or whatever the three weeks that ed belfort was in san jose <laughs> yeah no i, I I'm, I'm already recording and it, it's funny you mentioned oh, that you are I, I was a huge eddie belfort fan as a kid and um i i was excited to see him come out and you know play because the the night he was traded was the night the hawks were debuting their black alternate jerseys and his yeah black eagle the, mask at the time and yeah with the bird right yeah, yeah. and uh i was like oh it's gonna look sweet and then all of a sudden jeff hackett's starting in net and you know oh, dude i was like everybody was hyping him up and then like oh colorado's gonna sweep him whatever yeah but it, it was we, just just yeah one of those, but the funny part was I had a San Jose Sharks jersey and I took it to the pro shop the very next morning because I had already heard that he was going to switch to number 20. And I'm yeah. going, I, I want Belfort on the back and I want number 20. And the, and the guy's going, that that's not his number. It's like, but it is now. And he, he eventually goes, hey, you're paying for it. I'll put whatever you want on there. But in, in, <laughs> in, in, uh, in hockey goaltending, you have your seven, uh, you know, your seven degrees of, uh, Yep. Of Vladislav Tretiak, you know, kind of like Kevin Bacon. Yep, exactly. So, so what's your you know? Eddie story? So, um, the three, three and a half weeks that Eddie Belfort was there in San Jose, right? Mm -hmm. Um, it, you know, like, uh, it was weird seeing him in his red Cooper Reactor 5 pads. And mind you, it works so pads, well, though. Yeah, but uh, yeah, and then, you know, and then the Sharks end up adopting a freaking like orange, like, you know, what, 15 years later, but. Sharks uh, Fan Fest uh, was happening in that time frame that he was still here. So him and uh, Kelly Rudy was sharing a table, right? Uh -huh. and, and this was, the, you know, around a time where I had like a 35 millimeter camera and I brought, I bought like 800 ISO quality film, you know, and 
I took pictures with them. And then I asked Kelly, Kelly, you're 12 wins away from 300. Are you going to keep playing till you get there? Are you going to stay? This is a 16-year-old version of me that, like, was thinking about this moment. And the line was, like, an hour. You know, I went straight to their table, right? Yeah. And, and Kelly was just laughing at me. And then Eddie was laughing at me, too. And they look at each other, like, what the who the hell is this kid? You know, <laughs> and I don't, I don't talk like I do it now. Uh, you know, like uh, I had a stutter um, up until college. So like if I, I break into a stutter, if I say more than like eight or nine words. So <laughs> uh, I think faster than I talk, but so we took photos, you know, took selfie, my, you know, selfie, my selfie game was good back then <laughs> before it was cool, you know? Yeah. It actually takes skill to point the lens blindly. Yeah, with those old you, cameras. Right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, but so after all that, you know, and then they signed a couple of uh, uh, cards. I cannot find that rookie card from Fleer for Eddie Belfort, oh, man. Like, I, I got my I, upper deck Eddie right here. Oh, <laughs> I, I see – I. Upper deck, that was my baseball card collection was upper deck. I collected like my, most of my teenage years, but I, I, for some reason I went with Fleer for hockey. Yeah. Cause they had, they, they had like some hologram versions in 94 and 95. Yeah. When I was yeah. collecting, I would, I don't know why, but I liked the, uh, the score hockey card set. So I always went with them and upper deck. Cause yeah. like you upper deck was my baseball one too. And, I just felt like, oh, I like them for baseball. Why not hockey? Dude, I have to show you my Oakland A's 89 collection. Oh, boy, I can imagine. Yeah, but that's for another time. But to finish that story, it was a happy, great story, you know, and I wasn't driving yet. My driver's test was, what, two months later. Mm -hmm. And I go take the eight films to Safeway, and I come back the next day, you know, because, like, an hour. Um, yeah is more expensive than a one day turnaround. I come back the next day, ride my bike again, two miles to Safeway. And they tell me they can't find my, 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 uh, my film. Oh no. And, and you know, like I start breaking sweat. Like I literally started crying in front of the freaking <laughs> manager. It's like, I don't think you understand. Like there's, you know, film is expensive, man, for a 16 year old. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, that broke my heart. Like took photos with, oh god, yeah, you know, it was freaking. Jeff Friesen wasn't playing then, I don't think, but I, I'm trying to remember uh, Owen Nolan. I took a picture with Owen Nolan. He's neighbors with my step grandparents, and uh, he's up in Tahoe now with his family. But dude, I was balling. I was so sad. Like my jaw too. dropped. You know, it, it's like one. And what is you know? What are they gonna do? Yeah, like did they did they steal my photos? Kids oh. today will never understand the struggle of photography on film. You know, first of all, the fact that you can't see it right away, yeah. um, and then it's, the hoping the pictures turn out. Are they underexposed? Are they overexposed? When, exactly. when I was in college, I actually took a photography class where we had to uh, develop our own film, and that yeah, was, I did that too. Oh like my god, that was and stuff. so uh, so stressful. tedious, right? So yeah. tedious. One one little touch of the film to another piece, and your your whole picture is ruined. It, mm -hmm. it was crazy. 
Uh, yeah, like uh, I, I went to art school. I'm an art school dropout, but yeah, we <laughs> like the uh, we took photos of our artwork and then also took photography class, and then we would go in a black room and develop mm-hmm. them. And uh, those acid, man, like yeah, oh, like I couldn't smell for a week sometimes. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I enjoyed developing the the photos, but not the film. The film, uh, yeah. After you got done with the first photography class, some of the teacher said we could take the uh, film to the photography shop in town to get the film developed. But for, uh, for photography one, you had to do it yourself. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, uh, man, sounds like uh, sounds like you got a pretty creative uh, side to you as well, huh? Sometimes, sometimes yeah. I do. Um, it, it was one of those. I went to school. I wanted to be a journalist, but my school didn't have a journalism. Uh, curriculum so I kind of got whatever was closest and that was uh, yeah it was kind of a mix like you want to be a photographer or like uh, a writer so my my, gotcha my uh, degree technically as I look at my diploma behind me was titled electronic publishing so it's kind of a graphic design and marketing degree in one Um, yeah I which was I want to ask you what that mask is too uh, I just noticed it. Yeah, so the, the one uh, that you probably see is a pro mask. That was my high school helmet, and that's the hinge. Wow. It has the hinged back on it, and then the other one is my college mask, and that's the old coho Heaton with the extended chin. Oh, man. You're, you're on babes and cohos, right? Uh, is, is, I, that, yeah. is that how we met? No, uh, just through Instagram, I think. Okay. I oh. have a group I've had for forever. Uh, it's It's... A little bit past uh, 600 uh, members, but it's babes and cohos. Basically, mm. anybody that loves coho gear, yeah. player or, or trade, you know, buy, sell, trade, and you know, post stuff in there. And uh, we have the official uh, babes and cohos theme song, the boats and hoes. You know, <laughs> but yeah. uh, but <laughs> Facebook keeps blocking that video content since uh, November. Oh. For obvious reasons. Yeah. So I just keep deleting it and then reposting another source. Yeah. Might you as know? well. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually wore a pair of the uh, cohos, the the wa cohos, the teardrop, not the pro oh. uh, version, but the the senior version in high school. And God, were those good pads? Even for a senior without pad, the without um, without the warts, right? Yes. Yes. Without the warts. One of my teammates yeah. in college had them with the warts, and. I, I preferred the senior without the warts. It, it was a nicer pattern. So, so the best part of um, the best part of my my job is when I take apart gear, I I am on like data collection mode, right? Like, um, yeah. like I'm always thinking about, you know, when I put these back together, all the all the wart pieces on the on the outer outer roll of the leg pads on the glove and the blocker itself. Dude, it almost weighs 10 ounces because it's basically molded rubber. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And uh, there's been times where they ask me to refurbish that part. I'm like, it's a molded piece, man. Once that thing is gone, I can't replace it. Yeah. And then, uh, but some are still intact, dude. The hardest, the hardest thing to do is lining up those holes, <laughs> so that the you know, so that the the, the injected um, uh, um, warts would go through the hole properly. Otherwise, it won't work. Yeah. But you know what, though, dude, I had a coho, um, 
uh, 580 set. Like I, I'll, I, I, uh, I ended up with Kelly Rudy's uh, uh, Cooper Reactor Fours when I played midget hockey, and then I switched to uh, Coho Two Hundred, the Sharks one, yeah, like the shark fin. Yep. So uh, you know, I, was, I don't think a shark ever wore the shark fin. It was just like a, a stock graphic, yeah. you know. Yep, I remember that so, one. Yeah, but I like the flat face, you know, and it, it's it's like almost a pound lighter. Yep. Those were nice pads too. So I want to get into a little bit of your background. So okay. according to the website, and I, I remember this back from when you were first starting on the website and I was one of the folks that helped uh, volunteer, I, I guess you could say to, you know, read through yeah. everything. So you, you're not originally, you, you, well, I should say you weren't born here in the States. You're no. from the Philippines, correct? Yeah, I was born in the Philippines, and uh, we didn't have hockey there until maybe 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. Dude, we, our our, hot, our 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 skating rinks, our skating rinks, they're they're all inside a mall. And up until six years ago, there's a 10 foot beam in the middle because this is like next to the food court, and it's um, it's it's based on figure skating and public sessions. You know? Yeah. 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 The the, yeah. the, the best yeah. defense. I borrow. I, 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 I <laughs> dude. Yeah. Yeah. Like let's do the peekaboo play. You, know, you can't see the other net. Yeah. They do play. <laughs> so, you know, but, um, like I think it was five years ago, uh, the, uh, Philippines are now in the, uh, IHF, uh, Southeast Asian bracket, I guess with, um, Korea, South Korea and Indonesia, Malaysia and all that stuff. That's awesome. So that's kind of cool. So, yeah, kind of, you know, I never, I haven't met those uh, those guys yet, but I keep in touch with them on Instagram. So, how old were still you? Still there? Yeah, I'm here. So, how old were you, and yeah. at what age, um, or what age did you guys move to Missouri, and why? Why Why did you leave yeah. the Philippines and settle in Missouri? So, um, long story short, like, uh, my grandma raised me in the Philippines while my parents worked up here in the United States. So, you know, I, you know, I wasn't old enough to remember my mom and my dad when they moved away, but my grandma raised me up until I was 11 and a half. So my mom and my father divorced and she basically got me before my father did. Mm -hmm. And, um, my, my new stepdad, he bought land out there and uh, just retired from, uh, from Numi. The, it, was, uh, it was the old Chevy plant. Now it became Numi, which eventually became the Tesla uh, plant okay. in Fremont. Um, so, yeah, that was 1992, I, I believe. And uh, I spent a couple of years there, like... Uh, seventh grade and then uh, first semester of eighth grade and that's where I discovered hockey man like I was I was raised by my grandma in the Philippines I had this sheltered childhood yeah and I wasn't allowed to really do much and the first time I saw a hockey game was in 1988 man the uh the, I think it was the Canada Cup mm -hmm. was it the Canada Cup I, I don't know but um it was still the Canada Cup back then yeah yeah so I think it, I don't remember who they were playing, but 
my uh, my grandma's uncle at the time was a uh, was like a court judge, and he had a satellite dish, and that was the first time I saw a hockey game. I didn't know what the hell they were doing, but it was like white everywhere. They were beating around a big black biscuit. I'm like, that's not a ball. What is that? You know, mm-hmm. like like I'm I, I grew up in a, uh, like you know we had. Uh, I would say humble beginnings, you know, like, uh, you know, we, we ate okay. And we grew up, you know, like it's, life is hard in the Philippines. The, the biggest import there is, uh, is money because uh, there's more Filipinos outside the Philippines that are actually living there, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yeah. My, my cousin's married to a Filipino fellow. So I, I've learned a little bit about the island. Yeah. So, you know, Minnesota, there's a big community there of Hmong people. They don't yep. have their own country. And, you know, like I'm very well versed. Like I, I, I appreciate history and, and, you know, whether it's world history or even hockey history, I, uh, I, I tell people that make the effort to get to know me at some point in my life, I'm going to have to pull uh, a Slava Petisov and go back to the motherland and, uh, Yes. And I don't know. There's no ministry of sports in the Philippines, but there's a big opportunity there to grow the sport. You know, there's already hockey manufacturing uh, plants down there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so Brian's, you know, you know, like Bond bought in to yeah. uh, invested in Brian's. Yep. Which explains why Bond they're doing more custom of, stuff uh, now. Yeah, but the you know, do you remember the the M series, the Halak, the H series, and the yeah. S series? Yep. I, I think they discontinued the S series, but they started producing those in the Philippines, including the palms. So, like, you know, I'm a I'm a Brian's dealer, so like I get a lot of their parts, and a lot of them are made in the Philippines. And I'm like, this is so cool, you know? <laughs> yeah, that that is cool. So you're you know, middle school and when you're coming over to the U.S., how, how as a kid did you handle that? And I ask that because the fellow I talked to for the episode previous to this, um, yeah. he was born in Latvia and he was 13 when him and his dad came over. So I know for him, it was uh, a little bit rough, but he had hockey. He was already playing hockey and had that to help, yeah. you know, kind of make friends. How was it for you? Uh, learning a new culture learning a new language and assimilating that age so like in the philippines we literally had you know first grade we had eight classes right off the bat we had we had to take english uh Mm -hmm. filipino and spanish right oh wow you know like the the philippines has been you know for the last 600 years whether it's the portuguese or the spaniards or the americans you know we've been conquered at one point yeah we you know the, uh, the philippines is not sovereign nation by itself um it's only you know only since after world war ii 1946 i think when they got their independence but going back to that it's funny we're not practicing any of this we did not rehearse you brought up latvia great segue uh, i'm just gonna bring up arthur's urbe yep yeah <laughs> i'm pretty sure you already know the coho connection yep. you know the uh, and the your favorite goalie of- <laughs> Yeah, the, you know, the seven degree, the seven degrees to uh, Trechiak. He was supposed to be the next Trechiak for the Soviet Union, you know? Mm-hmm. He was yep. that good. Yeah. And I have I have 10 of his uh, rookie cards with his name is spelled on it for Dynamo Riga. Mm-hmm. So 
we had a satellite dish there. My stepdad at the time, um, it was, so I lived in a small town called Nevada, Missouri, mm-hmm. uh, near Joplin. So like, you know, in Tornado Alley and the, the town that I lived in only had like 4,000 people at the time. So it was really small. My first day of school, I got in a fight because, uh, the, the, you know, they, they mixed the middle school and the high school there because it's a small town and, yeah. you know, he played, he played the smear, the queer game and somebody was screaming queer. And then I turned around and waved at him. My first day of school, man, first period hasn't even started yet. Oh, no. And, and, uh, and second period, uh, somebody that witnessed that told me what that word meant. And I'm like, Oh, Oh, thank you. Like I had a thick accent, you know, like even though we knew English, yeah. if you ever call a call center in the Philippines, like PayPal or, or, yep. or T-Mobile, their English down there is really hard. But mm-hmm. uh, as soon as lunch happened, I go to the basketball court and this guy is like the high school quarterback for the JV wearing his freaking, you know, letter jacket. Yep. And I, I go up to him. I'm only like five feet tall at this time. He's like six foot two. Oh, I got close enough to him. I was like, I, I wanted to thank you for uh, teaching me what that word meant. And then I got close enough and I clocked him. And uh, <laughs> so we exchanged a couple of fights. Of course, he wins, but we became best friends until I had to move to San Jose. Yeah. It, it's funny you say it. There's a great uh, movie with uh, Bill Murray and Melissa McCarthy where it's called St. Vincent. And Yep, I've seen uh, that movie. Yeah, and, and I love how he's like, you know, she's all upset because her son's not getting along with this kid. And he's like, what's going to happen? They're going to have to get into a fight and then they'll be best friends. And she's like, yep. what do you mean? He's like, that's, that's what boys do. And sure enough, that's what happened in the, in the movie. And that's what happened with you. <laughs> yeah. And dude, like, um, even before then, like I already was watching St. Louis blues games and, and you remember the old IHL Kansas City yes. blades. I yeah. had no, I had no idea that the Kansas city blades was part of the, the, the sharks, uh, uh, farm system, right? Like the sharks wasn't even in my, my radar. The first hockey game I saw was a devil's game because my, my stepdad at the time, he has all the cable channels, bro. Mm-hmm. I kid, I, I, I old school I, satellite he, when you got everything, dude, his basement, he had freaking shortwave radios. He had ham radio. <laughs> We, we were talking to truckers. We were talking. We had a 100-foot um, uh, radio antenna and a 30-foot 30, uh, uh, radius satellite dish, you know? Like, it's not quite as big as Cable Guy with yeah. Jim Carrey. Yeah. But you can lay on that. You can sleep on that thing. Yeah. So, so like, I got, I got, you know, it's one of those things to where, holy crap, what is this that I'm watching? And I can't stop watching it. Like, I was just, <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I would, I, I would skip. Feeding the, uh, cause we, we, um, the, the farm that I was staying at, we had, uh, 400 acres and we had, um, we had livestock, but I also had like, you know, of course you have your chores, chores. and stuff and, yep. uh, you know, like, uh, I, I, it, it took me, let's say three months to get used to the lifestyle because you got a city boy that was raised by his grandma and, yep. you know, my grandma, you know, didn't come to America till like a year later. So it's, um. Uh, it was quite an adjustment, but it allowed me to like literally get that firsthand prepubescent teenage years, becoming a man kind of thing, you know, yeah. driving a tractor, <laughs> live the farm life. Dude, you know, I, 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 
the the short time I was in Missouri, man, it left the biggest imprint in my life. And, you know, going back to hockey in simpler terms, thought to myself, I want to play, you know, like I didn't even know what the word assimilation was until I moved to San Jose and they give you like a language test, make sure that, you know, you don't have to go to ESL, like English uh, second language yep. classes. Yeah, I, so, I work for a company you know, called Lexia, where we're part of Rosetta Stone. So we're very much in tune with English as a second language there. Really? Yeah. That's <laughs> awesome, man. Yeah, dude, like, uh, you know, because of my, my, uh, my, my social inequities back when I was a kid, and I got bullied a lot because of my, my uh, speech impediment. And now you can kind of pick up, you know, a little bit of stutter here and there, especially when I get mad, like, my temper was something that that really needed work on when I was a kid and uh hockey was like I want to play hockey you know yeah. and and so my first go how ahead did you, how did you get into playing hockey because even in Missouri at that time um it wasn't cold was enough to have outdoor hockey yeah it wasn't cold enough yeah you know, but, and, uh, and then you go to San Jose where the Sharks are there and there's what, maybe one rink at the time for you. So how, how did you get into playing? Uh, so we, it was already, yeah. So, so uh, by the time we moved down here, my, my, uh, my, my parents sold the land for, uh, for natural gas. So if you ever wonder why there's earthquakes in, uh, <laughs> in Missouri, it's because they're literally draining all that natural gas and fracking. But so, I, you know, I, dude, like, uh, it's crazy. I'm going to be 40 next month. And all these people that I watch on TV, like some of them are like my mentors and even like vendors that I sell their products for, you know, like Sharks yeah. alumni and former NHLers. And when, as soon as we moved, as soon as we moved to San Jose, I, I grabbed a, a bus map and went to uh, a, a roller hockey rink. Uh, this place called Gremick Roller Hockey and in Japantown, in San Jose, <laughs> you know, and it, they had two rinks. And this was before sport court became a thing in 90. I think sport court became a thing in like 94, 95, you know, when the RHI made him famous. Yeah. We're going to talk about RHI too, buddy. Yeah, and the time. Chicago Cheetahs. I remember watching <laughs> yeah. them on TV. Oh Al Secor played for the Cheetahs. Dude, I have a, uh, I have a Cheetah jersey. Oh, I saved it. I saved it. RHI Pro Beach Hockey out there in California was another. Oh, dude, dude yeah. I, we do you remember the NHL breakout uh, uh, tournament too? The street hockey tournament. Yes, I have. Uh, <laughs> I wish I had it sitting here. I played it. The one in Chicago the first year. My team went to the nice. finals. Uh, you, oh, you son so, of a bitch! So that that tournament was held in the parking lot of McCormick Place in Chicago, which is right next to. Um, soldier field and yeah tlc was putting on a concert that weekend so they were nice. doing all of their mic checks and everything so you just kept hearing them singing as we're outside playing but it was so hot though that weekend it was like 98 <laughs> degrees high humidity and we're yeah. skating on blacktop and uh i'm pretty sure i got heat stroke that weekend um but it, oh dude yeah Chelios was walking around. All the kids were following him. But I mean, I grew up in basically the same neighborhood as Chelios, so I, I ran into him often. So that's I'm like, awesome, man. You guys I, go, like, <laughs> dude. Did you did you if you ever took photos? I think my mom caught some photos, and 
you can see duct tape like no clear uh clear like packing tape all over my pads because i <laughs> did not want to asphalt scrape it you know yeah uh, i'm like dude uh i wouldn't have ever gotten a chance to play hockey if i if i didn't get a chance at that roller hockey rig uh mr van lewin senior owned it and i just asked if there's any way i can like work or or fix some of the rental gear i want to play so bad and you know you, you know this is a this is a freaking 13 year old kid that was like yeah. really shy and a stutter and and my grandma taught me how to sew. So that's the backstory, you know, since I was a kid. My grandma had like a, a convenience store in the Philippines. And, and you know, like she put me to work, man, like those 50 kilogram bag of rice and, and fresh fish and stuff, you know. And, and that was when I discovered like wrestling too, because they would air them live with that time difference. You have to watch it at like five o'clock in the morning. Yeah. So you know, Ultimate Warrior was my favorite. By the time we get to the, we get back to the house, you know, after we get like fresh supplies and stuff to sell at the at the store. But knowing you so, like the old you know, school the, wrestling, uh, um, Mr. Ba- so knowing you like the old school wrestling, real quick, my mom oh, worked at a shoe store. Yeah. And kangaroo shoes. I don't know if you remember them, but they would give passes. Oh yeah, of course. Shoes wrestling and so me and my dad go to the one the one time and we got to go behind the curtain afterwards to meet yeah. some of these guys so it's funny because there we got some kids coming down so then it was all the you know the bad guys had to quick run out of the uh locker room and they had to you know put on their game face and be mean again but um <laughs> got to meet the ultimate warrior and then i have a picture with one of the road warriors he's got oh his big God. shoulder pads on he's got about eight of us kids in a headlock that's how big he was Man, dude, I gotta introduce you to um, Baby Huey. He's a DJ here in um, mm-hmm. in the Bay Area, and also uh, a buddy of mine that uh, that owns uh, um, uh, like a memorabilia, but he focuses on like wrestling memorabilia. Yeah. He's a big wrestling fan too. And dude, though, my my best memory was Hulk Hogan and uh, and Andre the Giant. You know, yes. and this was like you know that when he beat him, like when they, when they had the cartoon, the WWF cartoon. Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> I, dude, I did not see that until I got to the United States. Like I, <laughs> I, I, I rented a VHS tapes, you know? Yes. Oh God. That wrestling was, uh, I would say worth watching and they, they, they suck with the storylines. I, when I was a journalist, I got to meet a fellow by the name of Adnan Al Casey. Um, so if you remember, Who's Sergeant, that? he was a WWF wrestler. If you remember Sergeant Slaughter, his ring manager, yeah. It yeah. was his ring manager. So he grew up in um, uh, uh, what's Iraq and was childhood friends with Saddam Hussein. But as he says, <laughs> that's an awesome backstory. He's, as he says, <laughs> they went two drastically different paths. Um, yeah. But as he got into wrestling, he, he was Saddam's minister of youth sports for a number of years. And he got Andre the giant to come over for a match and, you know, they're, they're talking beforehand and he goes, uh, you understand I have to win this, right? And Andre <laughs> goes, yeah, I, I do, obviously. He goes, no, 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 you don't understand. If you were to win, they will shoot you on sight. And he goes, okay, you're going to win this one. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he was, he, he now lives uh, here in Minnesota in the Twin Cities in Minnetonka. Is and, that right? Um, oh, well, uh, in fact, I got the book sitting here under my desk. Um, 
Oh, where is it? This is the problem with having so many books. After he had to flee, he had to flee um, Iraq. Wow! In the middle of the night, when he found out that Saddam was basically done with him, that's the biography. Uh, it was going right? to kill him. Yeah, that, that's his autobiography. Um, and after I interviewed him, he sent me a signed copy. Just a fantastic guy. But he fled in the middle of the night and had basically written his life story down. But he had to wait yeah. until the regime came down because he still had family there and feared for their lives. So, you know, oh, man. I, I like to read, but I'm not a fast reader. That's a book that yeah. it, it was a page turner just because the story, it, it should really be turned into a movie. <laughs> hey, you know what? Eventually, man, you know, like you never know. Dude, I have to send you a photo. When I worked at the airport and uh, I, had, I have a picture with Shane McMahon and the WWE plane in the background. Oh, cool. They were stuck there for 10 hours because it was a rare 102 degree day in San Jose. It rarely hits three, uh, triple digits here, but it did. But mm -hmm. the whole plane is black with a strip of red. And you know what happens when the heat, when the sun sprays on that, it expands. The pilots inside that was prepping for takeoff, you know, they were doing their, their check, yep. checklist and stuff. They were stuck there for 10 hours. <laughs> yeah. So. And if, if I'm not mistaken, it takes planes longer to take off in the uh, extreme heat as well. Essen, you have frozen up. And for those. In the uh, heat. Oh, there you are. You're back now. Oh, the air is not as dense. It's really, you know, there's not as yeah. much air around. Oh, sorry. You get no, you get no lift when it's too hot yep. outside. Like, dude, I miss, I miss the uh, the first day of the uh, NHL award show slash Vegas, uh, 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 you know, lottery draft. Yeah. Because my plane was grounded. Every all, all <laughs> United States because it was like 20 degrees everywhere and yep. planes can't take off. You know. Yeah. So I. Yeah. I, when my. my one of my best friends is actually a pilot. He he was for a while his home base was out of Oakland. Now it's out of Vegas. He lives up here. He just commutes to work. Uh, so I I do know about uh, that part of flying. When it's really hot, yeah. you you might be sitting for a while. All right. Yeah. Um. To to so. Oh, uh, I was there at. mobile when they had the uh, NHL award show. Oh, cool. You know, they, they had to wait until it was cool enough to fly. We have full, a packed plane, but everybody kind of just like, you know, whatever. We'll just reschedule our flights. Yeah. So, but, yeah. you know, I got I got a bunch of free drink. I got a bunch of free drinks comp. Yeah. So, well, when you fly now, the, the only drink you get, if you're lucky, is a little bottle of water about that big. That That's all. The, and that's when you... <laughs> That's when you get on the airplane. There's no beverage service. There's no pretzels or cookies in the middle of the flight. It's just here's here's your hand sanitizer and here's your bottle of yeah. water. Oh, yeah. I, they they gave me uh, six uh, free uh, Jack Daniels uh, shot glasses. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, so that was nice. That that's like forty dollars right there. I didn't have yep. to pay. Yeah. But, so um, so back to the topic here because I. I've, this is what happens half the time. You get two goalies talking and our ADD kicks in and we're like, boom, I don't want boom, you boom. to spend too much time editing. So 
um, yeah, when I was 13, I got, I took the bus, went there, and, you know, Mr. Van Leeuwen, um, it's like, okay, show me what you got, you know, so he gave me some gear. I literally carried a, a goalie bag with a shoulder strap, took mm-hmm. the bus back home and started repairing it. And, uh, you know, he gave me like $100 a week later, and he was impressed with the hand stitching job that I did, mostly like fixing straps and yeah. um, putting like a patch on some stuff. But uh, and then a couple of gloves, you know, I patched the holes on them and um, he, he gave me money and he's like, do you have any gear? You know, like, do you, do you play already? I'm like, no, I want to play. I'm saving up. And he basically gave me garbage gear just to get started, you know. So yeah. I started playing out. But my first like actual you know, how uh, uh, in-house game, I got in a fight. <laughs> it seems to be a <laughs> recurring theme. I, I have temp, I have a temper. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> but so, you know, um, Mr. <laughs> uh, it, it was a fight. It was a fight against his son, like Eric Van Leeuwen Jr. <laughs> we became good buddies. We still play to this day. He, I call him ugly Eric Lindros because he kind of looks like him. Okay. So we became friends, you know, so the connection keeps getting thicker there. And eventually I started playing there every day, man. Like I was there three hours a day after school. I would take the bus until I got my license, you know, because I was only, you know, 13, 14, almost 14 at the time. And I hid this from my mom and my grandma. My grandma was finally here. My mom got divorced from my stepdad. And, uh, you know, um, you know, I, I hid it. I literally hit it like I, you know, I had all my gear at the rink. You know, I had my own little like slot to hide all my gear. And I was basically. Why did you hide it from him? Typical Asian kid. You know, my mom thinks I'm smart enough to be, I had three options, be a doctor, lawyer, or, you know, a nurse or something. You know, like focus on your, focus on your studies. There's only two rules. Don't get a girl pregnant and make sure you get a scholarship because I can't afford to put you through college. I, I laugh that you say that because I'm a fan of the comedian Joe Coy, who's also Filipino, and he, he said the same yeah. thing. As, as a Filipino, you have three options, doctor, lawyer, or nurse. And, <laughs> you know, he, he's got siblings, and they're doctors and yeah, but lawyers, someday, and he's like, and here I am, the comedian. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, he he, he wasn't born. I, 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 I um. He actually liked uh, a joke that I uh, I shared with him that I tagged him in, and uh, because he wasn't born in the Philippines, he didn't know the struggle of squat uh, squatting in a toilet. My mm-hmm. best joke right now is I didn't discover toilet paper until 1992. You know, we literally <laughs> had to use a a, a a little bowl, you know, a bowl with a handle and water, yeah. and we used our hands, Asian style, and we squat in a hole. <laughs> you know, I have a bunch of milk crates at my shop now, and I have a picture. of of a body potty on the milk crate. It's the same freaking hype, man. I missed out on that, you know, multi-million dollar freaking invention. Yeah. So but, you, okay. So we keep Yeah. So you, you're hiding hockey from from your mom and your grandma because you, Yeah, I was I was scared of my crew. grandma. Uh, uh, yeah, they, yeah, exactly. How how did they find out about your secret shame and how did they react? Oh God. So, um, they called the house. Um, I, I tried out in secret. I, I paid the $150 tryout fee to try out for, uh, 
uh, Santa Clara Valley Blackhawks here. It's like one of the travel teams. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I was already 17 at this time. And I was full-time playing roller. I barely played ice until this place called Hockey Workout. They literally call it the freezer because they were leasing a freezer and they had like a, a, a 50 by 50 sheet of ice, dude. And that's how Hockey Workout started. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you go in there. You can get a membership. You just drop in. It's basically on a on a on a golf course driving range business model. Mm-hmm. You drop in. You, you know, you take a you take a bucket of pucks and you shoot. And you know that's um. And then I started practicing. Like uh, I like I want to play I want to play ice hockey because I'm mm-hmm. going to be a senior. And uh, you know, like uh, I I wasn't good enough to play travel hockey uh, or roller. And I was already working like two jobs. I was doing random jobs and stuff to save up because hockey's expensive, man. You know, and uh, um, well, what I was gonna get to is that I also took classes, um, like skating classes. You know, so I yeah. had like literally two months to train and get get going and hopefully make a team. And oh, so, and your mom and grandma don't know about it. They didn't know. So. Uh, <laughs> The day came when I got, when my mom got a phone call, I wasn't home yet. When I got home, my mom slapped me so hard and then hugged me. I shit you not. That was the most confusing moment of my life at the time. You know, like, and then she told me she was, that was the first time she told me she was proud of me, but don't ever lie to her again. You know, because yeah. dude, 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 I was, um, um, I was, I was good enough to be like, in a starting squad in JV football my freshman year. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they did the hazing thing. They shaved my head. My mom was out of the country at the time. When she came back home, she went nuts. She went full postal, went to the superintendent's office because I was friends with the superintendent's son at the time, which goes to the same high school I went to. Yeah. And she, she basically threatened to sue and started making noise and, and threatened to, like, sue the school. Oh, no. Their permission. I was, I was happy, you know, hazing was okay. I was part of the team, bonding. Yeah. You know, part, part of a family. That was something, you know, hockey has always been mine. You know, like, you know, Philip, like my mom did a pretty good job keeping me away from like, um, like the kind of life that people, immigrants typically get into. Like, you know, she didn't want me to get into the, she didn't want me hanging out with my cousins, my blood cousins in San Jose <laughs> because they were doing different stuff, you know, yeah. like gangbanger stuff anyhow so yeah and then you know i get she gets that phone call i got a scholarship to play travel hockey and i got to play travel hockey man that was the best year of my life yeah so that yeah and you know i got it i got team mvp i got i got to go to the all-star game and uh i got recruited by cal berkeley um but i i was uh i had my sights set of dartmouth um, you know, I applied to Providence College too, but I didn't get accepted. But I wanted to get the hell out of the Bay Area. You know, <laughs> I wanted I wanted some space, and a part of me maybe thought I might be good enough to play um, too, or you know, I'd play club hockey, but just to get the hell out of Dodge, you know. Mm-hmm. But right. uh, Dartmouth didn't have any scholarships, so my my fallback plan was art school. I went to art school for uh, on, on a full scholarship. I was. Uh, you know, I was playing travel hockey and I was also preparing for my uh, advanced placement portfolio. So, you know, um, two years, two years later, I drop out of art 
high school. I got married young, knocked up my girlfriend at the time, and then she had a miscarriage, and you know, we still got married, but you know, that was a very short marriage and uh, you know, very, very costly mistake. That would make me 22 already at that time. I mean, fast, dude, I quit hockey for almost eight years, dude. You know, it, it's funny you, know, you like say I that. I'm an alcoholic. There, there's a lot yeah. of people I know that, um, I wouldn't say they quit hockey, but but they, they take that break away from the game. And what once they come back, it, it's funny because, again, the fellow I talked to last week, Keats, um, he, same thing. He, he stepped away from the game for a while. And it's almost, we almost need that to remember why we love the game when we come back to it. Yeah. And dude, um, like I was, you know, like 2003 was probably the worst year of my life because that hockey workout rink, that mm-hmm. freezer, that freezer eventually became like a, a three on three mini rink with a driving range. And, you know, that was from 1998 to 2003. And I was, uh, I was basically running the place the last year and it closed down, you know, like it was, mm-hmm. it wasn't managed very well. I mean, why are you trusting a 22 year old guy to run the place? But <laughs> it was, it was falling apart, you know, like it wasn't taken care of. My the owner, the owner and I got really close Chicago, actually. I have heard of Kane Graphics. That's mm-hmm. his company, Kane Graphics. Okay. No relation to uh, Patrick or Vander. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> he loved the game too, man. But he was never the same when his fiance died, Filipina lady. Like, she died from cancer. and Oh, boy. You know, yeah. And, you know, hockey was there. He, he kept it going for five years as long as he could. But the trauma of that because that was something they built together you know that was their baby yeah so every day he went in it was uh a reminder uh, you know a deep reminder not because i'm sure he still thinks about her every day but it was just kind of a slap in the face almost probably every day seeing that yeah And, and dude my my only saving grace man like you know it's hard for me to relate to people you know the yeah uh, that's why i try so hard to like no pop culture and movie references like with my english you know it got better because you know like i watch a lot of movies and it helped with my english and then i always have um to this day i still watch uh uh, television with captions on (laughs) just so i can retain the information you know once i learn something i'm about to pass belfort road by the way oh nice Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but uh um to finish that train of thought what was I saying? Sorry. I'm <laughs> getting thirsty. <laughs> um, no, shoot. No. <laughs> you, you brought up Belfort Road and I got d- distracted as well. Um, oh, look, a chi- oh, look, a chicken. No, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, just, you know, trying to find a common ground. Like, yeah. I, I, I'm terrible. I'm a terrible, I'm not a very articulate person, but I always like a challenge and I, I got into sales right after that rink closed down mm-hmm. and I, I, I pulled over. So I got into sales and eventually I got into insurance and became an insurance agent. And that's where I discovered alcohol and, and drinking and being, uh, 
being basically like an alcoholic almost every night, man. And, oh, you know, the be, between the ring closing and then me getting divorced and, and uh, all that stuff, dude, I, I kind of went on an eight year spiral, you know, like uh, I was making decent money, but I wasn't happy, yep. you know, and, uh, and, you know, hockey saved my life twice, you know, it allowed me to fit in and, and make friends and make the connections, you know, that to this day, stays with me because I wasn't a, I wouldn't have been able to start my business the way I had out of my car in 2011 if I didn't have my former coaches former teammates to reach out to you know mm -hmm. and social media made a big difference too because you know starting a Facebook page and Instagram whatnot it reaches more people right like well it, and it's inter interesting you bring up you know starting the business out of your car so You've got a job, a decent one at the time, but you're not happy. What got you back into the game and, you know, doing the repairs out of the back of the car? What brought you back? Um, to my, um, in 2011, um, my grandma um, needed a back surgery and I was living in Daly City at the time. Um, near, it's like just south of San Francisco. Okay. It's... Uh, it's where most of the uh, the fancy Filipinos live in in Daly City, and uh, you know it's always steamy over there because they 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 say it's steam rice, um, <laughs> uh, smoke. So um, I moved back to you know help take care of my grandma, but I lost all my paperwork when I moved back, like you know my passport, my birth certificate, and I've already put in my two week notice to quit working at AAA. So I couldn't get a job for almost three years, man. Oh, wow. And um, when I became a citizen in 2005, I paid for my own uh, citizenship. I sang at my own citizenship ceremony. I got the VIP treatment, dude. Like uh, <laughs> they had like a buffet. I even went on a few dates with uh, with a person that tested me. Really cute, uh, cute, cute lady. She was a little bit older than I am, and I got a perfect score. Everybody should take the citizenship test because, like, I, you know, they ask you who the, who's your current who's your current senator for the state of California, you know? Yeah. And it's like the DMV; they'll never ask you the, the obvious, simple questions, right? There's always going to be those those throw-offs, but yeah. And uh, going back, I got my start because. I was actually like in legal trouble to where I could have gotten deported out of technicality, even oh, though I'm a citizen, even yeah. though, even, even though I'm a citizen, I had, I was supposed to bring my, my citizenship, my naturalization uh, uh, certificate to social security administration so they can put it in their system because dude, 2005, 2004, you know, still to this day, actually DMV computers and systems don't talk to each other. Right. No. You know, they run on DOS. Like, God, I hate it. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, it, so that's 2011. It took until I went back to the Philippines to bury my uncle in 2014 to get, get a copy of my, um, my, uh, my birth certificate to finalize all that so I could basically get my life back. But in the meantime, I was bleeding money and I couldn't get like a, a, a corporate job. So... That's where the hockey thing came in, 2011. Mm -hmm. And and the key thing, I got back into hockey 
um, two months prior to starting my business out of my car because uh, this uh, this girl from Finland uh, pushed, you know, kind of encouraged me to get back into hockey. Mm-hmm. So you ever seen that movie, Billy Madison? Oh, God, yes. One of my so, favorite quotes is, thank you, Billy. Everyone is now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she, she was actually dating somebody at the time, but because we knew each other through mutual friends, we were camping. And there was a moment there where we, where I, I, I was talking to uh, one of my other friends in like campfire, you know? Yeah. In the middle of drinking and whatnot. We were four wheeling earlier that day and we brought up Besa Toscala and then like Yarmo Milis. And then I was saying it in perfect like Finnish accent. And she's like, uh, you speak Finnish? <laughs> <She hasn't... laughs> and, and I'm like, uh, but you know like uh we became like really close friends and you know being like kind of like dead inside and lost and hating myself with like all the failures i mean i you know like i dropped out of school on a free scholarship you know and didn't mm-hmm. get my degree you know and got married young and then the ring closing and you know like running away from my problems, I guess, then, you know, depression. And I also had multiple concussions too, man. And, um, you know, like, are you um, a goalie if you don't have multiple concussions? Uh, <laughs> I don't remember. You know, <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, one of my other jokes too, is that I, my, uh, I, I told my doctor, my doctor literally pissed herself when I told her this is that, you know, doctor, uh, you know, I, I, I have to be careful with the ladies, you know, uh, I, I'm one concussion away from a motorboating accident from like dying on the ice. I mean, I wouldn't mind having an Alan Thicke death, you know, like he died doing what he loved, you know, nobody yeah. makes fun of Alan Thicke. Is it too soon to make fun of Alan Thicke dying on the ice? No, I've, not in that okay. regard. Whenever people ask me how many concussions I've had, I've had six, but I always hold up seven fingers to see if they catch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, man, my first concussion playing roller hockey, I got ran into. <laughs> yeah. like people love people love playing against me because I, I was kind of aggressive when I was playing, and I would always slash people. I've broken a lot of sticks. Yeah, I, I uh, I've told the story before on the podcast, but. Um, Back when sticks were wooden and 50 bucks a piece when I was in high school, I had a temper and I would get mad and I'd break them over my knee. And finally, my dad had had enough of it. And he goes, if you break another stick over your knee, I'm not replacing it. You're buying your own. Wait, wait a second. I'm trying to picture it. So you're lifting your leg kind of like a lunge. Well, then you break. You're using your. I'm taking my stick and, you know, right like that onto the knee. Uh, So basically breaking the shaft <laughs> at the paddle and um, oh my god broke quite a few of those cooper reactor fives over my knee and my dad says you know i'm not buying any more if you break them over your knee dude you know there's one model of cooper reactor five um laminates that i couldn't break was the flarity flarity had a fairly flat paddle yeah but... well the whole reactor five because i had the bell for it god that my all-time but dude thing. But, dude, the Belfort is way too curved. It's got the mid-curve. Oh, I loved it. Yeah, I hated it because I would always chuck the puck too fucking high. <laughs> and uh, it, but the, the Flaherty one, it was really flat, but the blade is an extra inch longer. Oh, really? I kid, you know, they weren't, like, they weren't 
you know, uh, uh, what, enforced back in the day, you know, yeah. that, that no goalies that, you know, no one's going to try to put a quarter through the freaking right. curvature. But, um, uh, but it was funny that, that my dad tells me that in the very next game, I let in a goal. I'm not happy. And I break my stick and all of a sudden I'm just hunched over. I'm upset. Yeah. I, know I just cost myself 50 bucks. Well, my grandfather, who was a Dutch immigrant, didn't really understand the game, but he loved watching it. And he, he yeah. looks at my dad, he goes, why is, why is he so upset? He, you know, it wasn't a bad goal. And my dad goes, no, he just realized he cost himself 50 bucks. So my yeah. grandpa finds me in the lobby after the game and uh, he tells me this and then he hands me 50 bucks. He goes, go get yourself a stick, but don't tell your dad where you got the money from. <laughs> and, hey, but and that uh, was the last stick I broke out of anger. That's so funny. How old were you at that time? Oh, I was probably 15 or 16. I was in high school. Oh, I remember that. That's uh, so funny. Well, let, let me let me do the math. So, yeah, I had to have been because he passed away uh, the same day Mark McGuire broke the home run record. Oh, my uh, God. Yes, I, I remember that because uh, it was right after the stri- baseball strike. Me and my dad weren't too big on baseball because we thought they were being greedy at that point. But there's just something about baseball that brings you back together. And he passed away that morning. And that evening we watched the uh, Cubs Cardinals game and that, that eased the pain of the day. I'll put it that way. Oh man. I'm sure your dad was watching that game with you. Yep. Yeah. It was, uh, I'm sure he we was. Both remember. Right? Well, yeah, yeah. My grandpa, uh, well, it's funny. My, my grandpa, was wa- he, um, he didn't, quite understand or like baseball or softball because he'd go to my cousin's games and he goes it's so boring there's only two people playing at any given time that's what he liked about yeah. hockey he goes they're all playing and even the people on the bench they're like yeah maybe i'll go in now and hop on the, you know he's like oh hey, my god but he's involved but he, he's absolutely right baseball there's only two people actively playing at any given time <laughs> <laughs> this is true you got the yeah. pitcher and the hitter I was like, you know, Opa, you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No, I wanted to play catcher so bad. But yep. the, the fear, the, the vulnerability of the only thing standing between you, crouched down, squatting down, is a piece of cup and then a really thin, you know, like chest yep. uh, padding. I, no way. I was no. a catcher. I, I played baseball before hockey and I was a catcher. Yeah. So it didn't surprise my dad that I wanted to be a goalie too. He's like, you're just drawn to all of that stuff. It's like, oh, yeah, man. you kind of am. So you, yeah. you get back into uh, repairing equipment and um, word obviously I, spread because, uh, you know, you're not just known in the Bay Area. Like you're known across the country. People send you their stuff. Um, in fact, some of the goalie groups I belong to on Facebook, you know, when somebody says, Hey, you know, I just picked this up. Where can I get it repaired? And people are like, send it to, you know, Bay area. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, how, how soon did you get that reputation and, you know, how has those different connections? Cause I, I know your shop now is right by the San Jose sharks practice rink. That's got to help. Yeah, across the street, but I didn't move there until 2016. Like, um, like you know, we're, I, I like to participate, I guess. I think the best part of hockey nowadays, you know, with beer league is the chirping, right? Yes. It's, uh, I, I, at, at one point, 
I got kicked out of like half of the fantasy hockey leagues that I was in because I chirped too hard. I got know? kicked out of a fantasy football league because, um, yeah, apparently I, I uh, chirped too much. There, there was only one person <clears throat> in the league that liked it and would give it back, but everybody else was like offended. It was like, well, what, what's the yeah. point of fantasy sports if you're not going to pick on each other? Yeah. You know, I'm like, I'm, you know, dude, I, I'm like, you know, I, I took over a fantasy hockey team, 14th place, last freaking place. Cause the guy literally did not participate in week six already, you know, it was only yeah. 18 weeks or whatever. And I shot up to barely making the playoffs like last seeded to winning it all. I caught a run. Nice. You know, uh, you know, Giroux fucking, this is the same year in 2017 when Giroux hurt himself and missed 20 games because of that golf injury. Yeah. Yeah. And I picked him up. I, you know, a guy traded him with me and, you know, I, I, and um, the trophy, I still have yet to get it. This was 2017. <laughs> Yeah, and, and like they hated me so much, I guess. Like, you know, they couldn't believe it. And I won by one point, dude. The, <laughs> the tiebreaker was the plus and minus. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are you going to do, right? There was yeah. only eight categories. You know, when you only have eight categories, every single game counts, man. Yeah, it, it's you funny. When, when I played fantasy hockey, you know, those were the things I looked at. It's like, all right. I'm not going to get the top goal scorers in the league, but you know, the league I was in, it was penalty minutes counted. Uh, yeah. Plus my, it's like, look, look for those outliers and you're going to do well. Um, yeah. Oh dude. I stayed away from, from, from fantasy leagues that had shorthanded goals. Yes. Those Cause are, that could be the tiebreaker. You know, yeah. if you have nine categories, that could be the tiebreaker. I'm like, that is so stupid. All you need is one per week. If but, even that, when I was the commissioner of a league, um, I was very goalie friendly. So I didn't count goals against. I yeah. counted saves. Uh, <laughs> save percent. I, I went that route with the goalies. It's like, no, we're not going to penalize you because your defense sucks. Please, please tell me you didn't, you didn't put assist in there. For goalies? No. Okay. No. <laughs> I mean, you know, I think uh, – Mike Smith's basically the last goalie that still pretty much consistently contribute, but yeah. they need to get rid of the trapezoid rule, man. Yeah, you know? you know, they they say that was part of the rule to uh, open up scoring, but all it did was stifle uh, the goaltender being able to open up those plays. You know, if anything, if they need to modify that rule, they're going to keep the trapezoid rule. That should be like the no man's land, op- you know, fair game, the Ed Belfour zone. Yeah, you know the Owen Nolan can check uh, Ed Belfort in the trapezoid behind the net. Yeah, if anything, make it that like okay, if, if the goalies in there playing the puck, they're they're fair game. Anywhere outside yeah. of there, you got to only behind the blue line. You know, only behind yeah. the red line. I mean, yeah, j- just in the trapezoid, right there behind the net. That's where you can hit the goalie. But if they're in the corner, they're off limits. Yeah. Did you see Markstrom's uh, uh, you know pad stack uh, 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 hip check? Yes. Yes, that uh, was great. I, I uh, lo- who was it? Was it Jay Onray that made a reference to Hasek? Probably. Hasek would do that yeah. almost every game. Yes. Man. Yes. So uh, you, you get back into the game. You're 
doing these repairs, I mean, you, you started in a time when equipment was just a generation out of brown leather deer hair, which is what I started in, to what it is now. I mean, what's it been like to watch this evolution of the equipment? Um, and I, I almost think the stuff's probably, yeah, it's better for the play, but it, everything I see seems to be a little bit cheaply made yeah. compared to when we yeah. were kids. You know, what do you see as the biggest innovation uh, in the equipment as, you, as you've had to go back and repair the different pieces? Um, uh, as far as materials are concerned, you know, like I'm not going to, I always try to make it a point to be fair because, you know, I get paid to fix problems. Yep. And, you know, like I've made a lot of, let's say, enemies or, or people get rubbed the wrong way because, frankly, I don't have time to, to, to beat around the bush, you know, to try to get to a solution because when people come to me for help and then they feel like I can't help them because, one, they need this done yesterday or they have a game in five minutes and yeah. they don't look, they don't, they don't realize that, you know, like something's fallen off until it falls off. Like, um, solving problems, it's, it's a curse and I say a gift, I guess, but, um, over time, I realize more and more and more that the biggest market in hockey is in used gear, right? Mm-hmm. You know, in Minnesota, for example, you guys have the best freaking play it against sports. I've been there. I, I was, I've been there a few times. I was there for the 2015 Let's Play Hockey Expo. Oh, yep. I, I take my boy to that every year. I love it. <laughs> yeah. And, um, like, you know, there, it's currency, right? Like, most yep. people would rather just keep buying used gear, right? Gently used gear. I mean, played against sports, they build their business on a consignment algorithm software, you know, and you need like half a million dollars to start one. They give you inventory, but the consignment software that they have proprietary ownership with, you know, that's how they keep getting gear in. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and it's, a, it's a big market. Dude, we don't have a played against sports anymore in San Jose. The closest one is by the beach. Mm-hmm. And most of their gear there is water sports, you know, and I am literally the only hockey service shop left in California because my buddy, um, uh, Jake's custom pro shop, he kind of got screwed over with leases in Southern California, you know, and mm-hmm. I'm literally the last one. We lost about six rinks in the Bay Area in the last 10 years. Oh, wow. And we lost Hockey X, which was up until they closed last November was the oldest longest running like um sporting goods store but all we got now is pure hockey and then you got you know the little small pro shop inside uh, shark size and you know they don't they do basic skate repairs and then they have sparks machines now and Mm -hmm. you know i got my last concussion i had like um um they put there was this you know like there's a screw that holds on to your cage here right And it came off and, you know, it was in the middle of a game. I missed almost a period, just them trying to put a screw in there. It was too long and a cushion, dude, because that the, the, the bolt that they put in there is too long. And <laughs> I was, I was, I literally was off balance trying to get off the ice because, dude, like I knew it. My ears was ringing yeah. on my right side when a, a puck, it was, it was a backhand. 
but it was hard enough. I was playing like in a, you know, a dance league. I was subbing for a buddy of mine and it wasn't even a hard shot, but just the way it hit straight on that bolt and the bolt is like an inch long. So I didn't feel it because I have, you know, you have thick padding on the forehead area of your bowl mask. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's things like that, man, like, um, we, you know, like I don't compete with the retail stores because I have a completely different business model. You know, most people that come into my shop, they don't even realize that I, I, you know, what, because I'm a lonely island here, I'm mostly self-taught, man. Like, you know, everything that I've learned in hockey, I had to teach myself how to sharpen skates. I had to sneak in. My first job was uh, at Valco, and they wouldn't let me in the rental room. And I was basically in a pro shop uh, as a cashier. Mm-hmm. You know, I just got my driver's license, and I wanted to drive the Zamboni, man. But, <laughs> um, you know, um, but, you know, I guess I created my own opportunities out of necessity. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I like I always try to remind people I am literally in this business to save you money and, and keep you guys safe because, mm-hmm. you know, you were here a month ago. And yeah, just because it's free with the purchase of your skates doesn't mean it's good, you know, and, you know, people don't come to my shop until either they have a game to go to or a practice across the street. Right. So it's all about visibility and um I was strictly repairs up until 2016 when, um, when that shop was available for sale. And um, the owner of that, that shop, the former owner, literally called me first and wanted to see if I wanted to just take over. Mm-hmm. And um, because I've been, uh, you know, when I, was, when I was managing that rink at Hockey Workout, um, I was training kids, man, like, you know, I, I was sharpening skates there and doing payroll and all that stuff and facilities manager. You know, I can't tell you how many times that freaking auger almost cut my foot off, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I drove a Zamboni for a while in college and those, those machines are no joke. You, you gotta, mm-hmm. as simple as they are, you gotta give them a lot of respect. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta make sure you got wood, you know, you gotta, couple of two by fours on the side of the auger when you're dropping it yeah you don't want to you don't want your body to, to catch that thing no. especially when it's dull you know the, the number one rule with with any cutlery is that you know the more uh, the, the the ones that are not sharp are more dangerous than the yeah. than the sharp ones well i think that's enough for part one of my conversation with essen I hope you'll join us next week for part two. In the meantime, if you need any repairs to your equipment, goalie or player, be sure to reach out to Essen. You can follow him on social media at Goalie Repair or B-A-H-R Sports or Hockey Repair on Instagram. That's right. He has three different uh, profiles out there. On Facebook, you can follow him on B-A-H-R-S on Twitter at Bay Area Hockey Repair, all one word, and you can find them on YouTube under Bay Area Hockey Repair and Sharpening. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube simply by searching for Washed Up Goalie. Visit washedupgoalie.com for some great hockey-related content, my beer league hockey video highlights when I'm able to find a skate during this pandemic, and of course, all podcast episodes. If you want some Washed Up Goalie or Tendy Talk apparel, be sure to visit my Threadless shop by clicking the shop link on my website. If you like this podcast, be sure to give the BLPA Big Show 
podcasts a listen. The BLPA Big Show is part of the BLPA Podcast Network. That is just a couple of beer league players chatting about their beer league exploits and at times hot topics in the world of hockey. Hosted by Nick Jones and Trish Dangles and Cara Diabella seems to be an unofficial co-host these days. Uh, The next couple weeks should be interesting as Nick is currently on a road trip for his draft tournaments, so be sure to tune in. I need to thank the band The Zambonis for allowing me to use their music on my podcast. You can download their music on iTunes or listen wherever you stream music from. I'm working on lining up other goalies to talk to. If you are a goalie or have connections to a goalie who I should talk to, shoot me an email at washedupgoalie39 at gmail.com or send me a DM on social media. Let's not forget, if you're a brand who wants to sponsor the show, be sure to reach out to me. I'd be happy to talk. And finally, if you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment on the podcast platform you're listening on. It's a quick action on your part that helps others find Tendy Talk. Until next time, keep your stick on the ice and your body square to the puck.